0: Welcome to the byline breakdown, where we go behind the headlines with the journalists who bring stories to life. I'm Mike Moliterno. Today we're joined by Deanne Johnson, whose recent work on the memorials of the Mahoning Valley offers a glimpse into how we remember our veterans and the impact of community heritage. As Veterans Day is approaching, I thought, Deanne, it would be appropriate to talk about these stories. You wrote for our most recent issue. I'd just like to kind of recap them real quick for our listeners. Um, So the first story you wrote takes us into the heart of downtown Youngstown and talks about the man on the monument, which uh, stands as a testament to Civil War soldiers. Its presence now somewhat obscured by the bustle of modern life. Yet um, your piece is not just about the monument and the inscriptions. It's also about memory and recognition and the ongoing dialogue between the past and the present. Then in your second story we get to kind of travel along with Gerald Nunziato who's uncovering the lost histories of Smoky Hollow's war heroes whose names are adorning a local war memorial. This is a story of dedication and discovery and uh, you follow along as Nunziato goes on sort of a 10-year quest to bridge the gap between generations and ensure that those who served are not forgotten. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, Deanne, welcome to the show. Could you just start by telling us a little bit about what drew you to these stories or what you found appealing when you began working on them?
1: Yeah, so Veterans Stories and Veterans Day is is kind of close to my heart, actually. My grandfather, Charlie Reese, served in World War II. He was an airplane mechanic in the South Pacific, and he didn't talk a lot about his service, but my grandmother told me years later that he was stationed at first learning the the trade, what they needed him to know, in Biloxi, uh, Mississippi area, and she went down and worked there, Um, They were newlyweds, and she went down and worked there as a person that worked with codes. And then when he was sent overseas, she drove home pregnant with my mom, no driver's license, anything, just drove home by herself because they had driven down together. So I find the stories of veterans and some of the pictures of the veterans that I talked about with uh, Gerald And the faces that he showed me, and even some of the pictures of the Golden Eagle Club, those guys would have been just like my grandfather. Um, Mm -hmm. So I found it very intriguing to go back and hear some of their stories, because I know our family history story that we've passed down.
0: Right. It's actually kind of interesting. Um, Both of my grandfathers served in World War II. My grandfather on my father's side actually volunteered to go because his younger nephew was drafted. So he was quite, he was quite older and the nephew's mother was very worried about her son, obviously. So he volunteered to take his place so that he wouldn't have to go. And they shipped my grandfather off to the Pacific. And then my, I guess he would be my great uncle. Signed up for the military and went to World War II anyway. Anyway, oh. <laughs> yeah, and his mother almost killed him because <laughs> 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 they both came back. They both came back safe, but mm-hmm. it was just is quite a interesting story. So um, let's talk about the uh, the man on the monument, which uh, you mentioned is is often overlooked by residents. It's right here in downtown Youngstown in the in the central square. So. What did you find during your reporting that were some of the biggest challenges to keeping these memories alive and and keeping the memories of what these, these monuments represent alive?
1: Right. So I came here to the Business Journal about 16, 17 months ago, and until I walked through downtown, I drove right past that monument many times and didn't really notice that it was there or couldn't really tell what it was. So I think there was a lot of discussion that that was a centralized place and if you look at old pictures of Youngstown that whole square was clear it was like a big circle and it was it stood way up above everything And now it's dwarfed by those trees and everything. It's still a huge monument, but it's dwarfed by those trees. So I think they put it there thinking everyone would see it. And I believe Amy Fluker also made that point from YSU, who I had spoken to about that monument, that you know, they thought it was centralized that people would be going by there every day. And now I don't know that there's a lot of people that walk right past that monument. Some, but not probably as many as used to be back in the day when there was so much more hustle and bustle downtown.
0: Well, I mean, you mentioned the trees. Mm -hmm. I I walked past it quite frequently mm-hmm. um and i have to admit i'm guilty of just not even realizing that it's there even though i know it's there mm-hmm. it kind of blends in with all of the other trees and all of the other the the scenery around and i just yeah, yeah it's real easy not to notice it um could you talk a little bit about what was your process for researching these memorials and finding out the stories behind them
1: Yeah, I started off by making a list and realizing that there was so much more behind it than just a list. And, you know, just kind of researching what some of the different places in the community and throughout the Mahoning Valley did. They all seem to have a monument or a placard or they're all over the place. But there's a lot of those that even when you talk to experts like amy fluker says that she's feels like she's an expert in the civil war monuments but there's some of them she said i i really don't know why they why they put that there they're interesting but nobody kept track of the stories as to why they're there
0: right so you talk about some of the stories been forgotten, and your stories mention Amy Fluker, who you just mentioned, as well as Gerald Nunziato, and these are people who are trying to make sure that those stories aren't forgotten. So I guess, how did those people play into your narrative, and how did they they kind of shape it a little bit?
1: Yeah, I, I would say, especially with uh, Gerald, he's very concerned that when he was younger, he would go to these um memorial day services that were held at the monument in smoky hollow but they were names they didn't have that were on there they didn't have a lot of meaning to him and he is concerned that there's a lot of monuments like that in the valley that have a list of names on them that nobody remembers or that, that that you know the story behind that person or their service their dedication to this country has been forgotten
0: um, could you just tell us a little bit about what um, Mr. Nunziato is doing, or sure. uh, kind of the the whole Smoky Hollow bit?
1: Sure. So when Gerald Nunziato was a child, his father was in the Golden Eagle Club. In fact, his father at one point became president of the Golden Eagle Club. The Golden Eagle Club decided at some point to that they were going to honor the members. The people from Smoky Hollow, the community up in that area between Wick and Walnut area.
0: Yeah, it's over by YSU. By YSU. Right by MVR, that neighborhood. Yes.
1: So they decided that the people who were from that neighborhood, they were going to honor them. And they put up a Smoky Hollow memorial to the soldiers that were there. Gerald was just a little boy, and there's a picture of him in our issue that he has where he was there when they dedicated it, And but through the years, he left the area. He went and had a career, and then he retired and returned to the area and, re- and realized he was very interested in preserving these stories. So he started in researching, um, going back through those names, and— in fact, there was even an, a name that they were uh, adding when they read off the names during the Memorial Day service that wasn't there, and he asked about it. What, why are we adding this name? Who is this person? And they said it's someone whose family says that he should have been on there, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. There was also someone that was on there, and it turned out after they he looked into it a little bit ago. It was the wrong first name. It was the right last name, but it was the wrong first name. The gentleman who was actually listed there had returned and died a few years after the war. But the gentleman who had died overseas had not returned, and they had put the wrong name, first name. But a lot of the boys, if you look back at old photos of... um from Smoky Hollow and the Golden Eagle Club and all that. They all went by nicknames. They all have a nickname with their first name. So a lot of people probably didn't know his first name very well. Right. They knew him by his nickname.
0: Anything surprising that you came across when researching these?
1: I don't know about surprising. I know I was intrigued by some of the smaller monument things um, like when I went to the Honing Valley Historical Society and they had a Hall of Fame placard there and it had the pictures of each of the employees, like their employee badges that they turned in when they went overseas. I found it, you know, very, you, you look at how many faces were there and I don't know how many people worked at that mill at that point in time, but there's so many faces there that... You had to have known most of the people or many of the people whose faces ended up there. And, uh, you know, there were five that they posted prominently in the middle that didn't come back.
0: We're going to take a quick break before we continue speaking with Deanne. So stay with us on the Byline Breakdown. And we'll be right back to delve deeper into the stories behind the monuments of the Mahoning Valley. Attention all business enthusiasts in Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. The Business Journal has been your trusted partner since 1984, giving insights, updates, and fostering growth in your region. From Mahoning to Mercer, from Columbiana to Lawrence, we've got you covered. For just $10 a month or $99 a year, unlock our digital troves or get both print and digital for only $99 a year. Make the smart business choice. Subscribe now. Deanne, could you maybe describe for us or share with us how you think these memorials intersect with some of the ways that we remember um, and honor veterans today?
1: So a lot of the memorials were, of course, made out of something very permanent, um, stone, granite, something solid. Um, A lot of times nowadays we seem to put signs on bridges, which are large, not permanent, but semi-permanent structures. That bridge is probably going to be there for a long time. Um, we, We honor a lot of different, not just people at this point, but groups of veterans, Purple Heart veterans, folks that were wounded, or maybe one specific veteran that left that community and and didn't come back, received a medal. I would say that the monuments, instead of being stone at this point, are becoming more diversified at this point.
0: Your work also touches on sort of the evolving nature of memorials, you know, as you're saying. Mm -hmm. How do you think that this is impacting the way communities engage with their history?
1: Yeah, so I think that it's good when they get younger, folks involved. For instance, I live in East Palestine. When they have Memorial Day services, the band will come along. They might have a kid come along who's going to read something, Um, but they try to also have a parade every year so that lots of age groups get involved. I think it's important to involve young people in remembering what has happened uh, and and remembering the veterans. Um, the schools often have Veterans Day tributes in some some of the schools that I've covered in the past um, where they will read read things. They'll have breakfast with the veterans and and let them know how much they care about their service. And I think that's important so that we don't forget what they gave.
0: We'll go back to Gerald Nunziato who's really been working quite tirelessly at this, I guess. What could we take away as a society or just as residents of the Mahoning Valley? um, What could we take away from his example?
1: Yeah, so he has more than 1,400 pages of research dedicated to these soldiers' lives. Um, And he would tell you it doesn't take somebody who, who, you know, majored in research or it's not hard to do, but he. Feels it's very important. A lot of the young men, especially he's now gone back and done World War One, even though they aren't on the Smoky Hollow Memorial. And he hopes someday that they will be able to put up a second a memorial with the names of the folks from World War One. And he's gone back and uh, researched them, and he says that so many s- very sad stories. But you know, people need to know that. People need to remember that there were people who gave their entire life they didn't have most of them had no children no family no wife no legacy after they were gone other than that they had served and so they could be easily forgotten
0: well i think too when this is just me mm-hmm. but when we think of veterans we you almost get a picture of an old man in your head and it's you have to remind yourself that many of these at the time were 18 year old men or boys yeah, fresh out of high school with all of the immaturities that come with being an 18 year old man, you know? So it is interesting, as you said, you know, many of them gave their entire lives. This person would have had a wife, a child, children, grandchildren, this whole story that never came to be, you know, um, so I just think that's that's interesting. That's something that I thought of when we were
1: going back to my own story. My grandfather came back and if he had not, I would never have had my aunts, my cousin. Uh that side of the family would have never happened had he not come back. Right. So, it could have been so easy.
0: As you've delved into these these stories, I guess what did you learn about the nature of memory and uh I guess What message do you hope the people who read your stories take away from them?
1: I hope moving forward, I know that there was controversy in Vietnam and we've had long drawn out wars in the Gulf. And I I hope moving forward we don't forget to memorialize some of the heroes from, from that era as well. There have been a few go up, but there hasn't been that many when you think about it compared to how many we have from the Civil War, World War One, World War II. And I really hope we go back and don't forget those folks going forward.
0: Well, thank you very much, Deanne. It has been very enlightening, and the stories are great. I really enjoyed reading them. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of The Byline Breakdown. I'm Mike Moliterno. You wouldn't drive a car without a map, so why navigate the business world of northeastern Ohio and western Pennsylvania without the Business Journal? Trusted since 1984, we're the compass pointing you to growth and prosperity. Digital, print, why not both? We've got subscription options tailored for every business-savvy individual. Light up your path to success. Subscribe to the Business Journal today.